The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. I almost feel like I've put you in the awkward position of being like directly to my side. <laughs> Yeah, I got a nice chicken wing coffee thing going, which is nice. Chicken wing coffee thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't really know how to how to drink around this, but that's fine. <laughs> it was um, not my strong suit is not uh, is is not people placement for seating and conversation. Well, yeah. What what can you do? <laughs> we I can could, still drink the coffee. We could we could move you. No, this, you is, this is good. I've spent a lot of, I've got a lot of mileage in this chair. So, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, good. We're recording. We started, we had to restart last, last week's podcast because we, I didn't hit record arm on any of the tracks. I see three red tracks. So I think we're, I think we're okay. Yes, it appears though. So. We used to have a lot of, we used to have a lot of issues early days in the podcast, but yeah. Got her figured out. Um, Okay, so Joey is running behind. He's going to be here in 15 minutes-ish. So we're starting the podcast without him. Cool. Um, and that's okay because I have a guest and it's not just me sitting here being weird and awkward talking into the microphone, yanking myself. Yeah. <laughs> like always. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, okay, so so uh, you are Cody Blakely. Yes. You are guitar player in both the Nielsen's and Unbun Jace. Uh, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Unless you're a girl, then I'm the lead singer in Unbun Jace. Right, because yeah. they don't notice that you have a guitar. Right. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> you, were, you were just talking about, uh, about the difference between the two bands as you... You do most of the songwriting in Unbin Jace, but yep. in the Nielsen's, you just show up and play. Yeah. Uh, there's, I guess I always lend like a creative, a creative year. Like it's not really like, you know, you show up and uh, all the songs are completely laid out and it's this authoritarian kind of, no, this is what you're playing and you're going to like it. Like there is always that discussion where, Hey, how do you guys like this? Or should we should we you know do something like that? So, um, yeah. but yeah, if the I sh- yeah like ninety eight percent of the songs are pretty much done. Let me just kind of put finishing touches on them all together and right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's uh, let's let's talk about um, the let's stay stay on the Nielsen's for a sec. Sure, yeah. Um, we'll dive into the meat and potatoes of why I wanted you here. Yeah, in a bit, but um, so what are the Nielsen's? Uh, so we're a four-piece uh, punk band from Edmonton. Uh, we're actually, I don't remember exactly where in the city, but anyway, we're, we're named after Leslie Nielsen. 
Oh yeah? yeah, yeah. I think I think we might jam where he used to live, like not really? the exact building, but in like that neighborhood. In the neighborhood, area. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. Which would be kind of cool if it was. If the it was the actual building. house, yeah. But no, at the same time, no, because I'm pretty sure the building that we jam in has got to have a couple of layers of black mold built up on it by now. So God rest the poor man's soul. <laughs> Anywho, um, where was I going with that? Oh yeah. So we're just a four piece punk band from, from Edmonton. A lot of our songs are based around like horror and sci-fi and all that. And I'd with the Nielsen's. Say, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a horror guy at all. So a lot of the references go completely over my head. <laughs> uh, but the sci-fi stuff, you know, I, I grew up, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, Battlestar Galactica, all that stuff. So right. it's kind of right up my alley, and awesome. yeah, I love it. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Unbin Jace, what's the difference with? We're, how is that band different? Aside uh, from the fact that it's it's like you, like that's more you. Yeah, we've kind of got through like a like a couple different. I don't really want to say phases or fads, but like for example. Like when we first started out, we had a lot more kind of like Southern influences and everything like that. Okay. Um, like a little bit more, I can't remember who was saying it, but we're like the punk rock CCR, you know, we kind of were in a way. <laughs> yeah. Which is like the nicest thing anyone could say, because I love CCR. I think they're a great band. Okay, cool. Um, but now we're definitely a little bit more kind of like your hardcore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Was that the album that I mastered, that first one? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I, I, I wouldn't have drawn the CCR com- uh, comparison, but I would have I would have said, like, there's a there's a rockabilly meets punk There thing was, for there. sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I I love rockabilly, and I love, like, a lot of old country music. Yeah. All, like, the old chicken pick and stuff. And it just wasn't really, just wasn't really what I enjoyed playing all the time. Okay. So, you know, now it's kind of a transition where it's a little bit more of kind of like your your LA hardcore kind of stuff. I, I'm really bad with like individual scenes, so I just call it hardcore and everyone's just like, Oh, is it like LA hardcore, DC hardcore? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like <laughs> sure. It's Edmonton. It's Edmonton. It's Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, and so you um you just recently came back from uh, Vancouver yep. and spent some time at, what was the name of the studio? Uh, Rain City Recorders. Rain City Recorders yes. with the Nielsens. With the Nielsens, yeah. Right. And you guys mm-hmm. you guys spent a little better than a week there um, recording. Yeah, we, we got there on a Tuesday and then we left, we left on the Thursday. Yeah, so just... Like the following Thursday? Yeah, so it was, yeah. I think it was eight days of recording. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and mixing and all that, so... Sweet, yeah. um, and and so and, and so you guys recorded and mixed, set up, recorded and mixed in uh, fifteen songs in eight days. In eight days, yeah. Which everybody listening knows that's that's insane and it's, awesome. Uh, it was time. it was uh, the hardest I think we've all ever worked, but it was it was awesome because like everyone, not just from you know the guy that was um, recording. And mixing the record, Jesse Gander, um, you know, down to the people that he had working in the studio, like his assistants, like everyone was going so hard all the time. Like it was like the nice. smoothest process. Everyone was great. Even even the guys like in our band, like we were like super to the point. We didn't really, we still had a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but we weren't messing mm-hmm. around or anything like that. Like we're going there to record 
Let's not mess around. Right. So, and that was the thing. Like we, we did have limited time because we had to be back on the, oh God, now I have to think on the Saturday. So the third, because we had a, we had to play here on the third. So we didn't have really have time to mess around. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it was, it was a great process and yeah, everyone there was awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So, um, I'd really like to dive into the process you guys went through because sure. uh, uh, an eight day schedule to record and mix 15 songs. That's tough. Yeah. Right. And so um, let's start with, you know what? Do you remember day by day? Kind of what went on? Uh, sort of. Sort of. Well, let's, yeah. let's just, let's just start with day one. Okay. You show up, you load in and walk us through that day. Uh, so we, yeah, we, I can't remember what time we really showed up at. And, uh, yeah, when we walked in, uh, Jesse was mixing this other band. So he's like, yeah, just bring all your stuff in and kind of get, kind of get all loaded in. So we just brought our gear into, into the live room. That was the first time actually being in the live room. Okay. You know, and, uh, you see pictures and you're just like, Hey, this place is pretty impressive. But when you walk in there, it's like these huge, like, 25 foot ceilings like this massive room right. the gear in there alone is just like enough it's ridiculous what was uh, the what was the uh the place called again uh, rain city recorders rain city recorders yeah um anyway so yeah you like walk in the live room and it's just like this massive area um yeah it was it's a live room i mean you can, yeah yeah so it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> place well yeah you can see it there like the, uh, the, 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 the podcaster listeners won't. Oh, what did I do? Oh yeah. Right. Google. Google. Yeah. yeah we're, we hit, we, I just brought up Google so we could look at this. Thing. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it, it was, it almost looks, it almost looks like it's an old converted barn, like the shape of it. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's really nice too. Cause it's got like that natural light in there as well. Mm. Like it's, it's just a, it's a super nice room. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I love the wall of amp heads. Yeah, the uh, the amps that they have in there are ridiculous. Nice. Um, and that's, I don't think that's all of them. Because I, I think they, <laughs> they got like an AC30 tucked away. I think they got a twin tucked away. Well, yeah, this just looks like, this just looks like the heads they could put on the shelves. Yeah. And then the, um, the combos are probably sitting elsewhere. Yeah, yeah they're kind of in like the space between the two. Because um, they, got, they got the drum uh, bafflers in there now. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and is that the control room upstairs? I uh, know control, well, control room is downstairs. Yeah. So upstairs is like where the lounge. Oh man, that's wall to like that's floor to ceiling glass. Oh yeah. God, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we stayed upstairs in the lounge. Um, which, if you go down two pictures on the left, uh, this one. Yeah, that's yeah. one right there. Yeah, that's where we stayed. You guys slept up there? Yeah, on the floor. Really? For a week. Yeah, it was super nice. That's. I, you know what? I've, I've always been tempted to do that kind of thing mm. to, cause I've, I've had some bands that come through that want to, they want to stay mm. like, let's get, can you give us free whatever? And I've always been nervous about it cause. Well, you I don't, don't know. really know people. Well, that's just it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. no, they were kind enough to let us that's awesome. to stay there. Yeah. It was, it was a super big help cause I, this is, this was my first time ever being right. in Vancouver and I didn't realize 
that Vancouver is so expensive. Yeah, it's a pretty expensive <laughs> city, but uh, yeah, they were kind enough to let us uh, stay there and just it was like camping. Well, I, huh. yeah, we just slept on the floor and Sweet. it was it was perfect. Yeah, it was nice. great. Okay, mm-hmm. so so you guys load in mm-hmm. um, when he's finally done with with the band he's working on mm-hmm. um, and you guys start setting up. Mm-hmm. How did you set up? Well, the first thing was is that we. Uh, went and looked at the drums and mm. tried to decide what drum kit that our drummer Phil was going to use. And this was like, this was probably the highlight of my experience because the drums that they had there were, I think they had two Ludwig kits from like the seventies. Nice. Um, I don't think there's a kit in there that was from anything after the 1980s, like all like really old, like really nice kits. But I think the kit that we ended up going with was like a 70, like 69 to 72 Ludwig kit. Awesome. Oh, absolutely beautiful. And um, the snare was actually made in Vancouver, now that I okay. think about it. And the, the name of the snare actually completely leaves my, leaves my brain. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was like, it's like this metal snare that was built in Vancouver. And okay. it was one of the tightest snare drums I've ever heard in my entire life. Like nice. it, it sounded like military snare. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just kind of brought that down. And uh, one of Jesse's assist, actually two of Jesse's assistants, um, Joey and Marisa, they, uh, yeah, they basically helped us set up. They put mics to the kit and that was before we, we started, we had a drum tech come in and kind of help tune all the kit just to get it to how exactly we wanted it to sound. And awesome. It, yeah, like them, them doing that probably saved us like four, four hours. Like they were, yeah, wow. they, were, they were great. Oh okay. yeah, no, like that place, everything was so smooth there. Like I can't really recommend it enough. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so then, then drums were the first things you guys set up. Yeah, like drums, the big, because uh, when we first got there on the Tuesday, we weren't going to start until the Wednesday. So we had a lot of time to kind of worry about our mm. own stuff. So um, yeah, we, we just basically got uh, got Phil all set up on his kit and got it positioned in the room that we felt was going to, well, I shouldn't say we felt, but um, Jesse felt, yeah, like, well, yeah. he knows his room a lot better than, than we know his room. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And then we just got the drums in a really good position. And after that, I, uh, we didn't, we didn't, um, holy Lord, it's early. Uh, we didn't, <laughs> uh, plan on doing guitars with the drums. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. So we were, what we ended up doing was just doing like a live recording just for your rhythm section. Right. And then we were just going to overdub guitars. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really put too much effort into setting up my rig. Like we still recorded all the guitars just in case there was, yep. you know, a, a glimmer of glimmer of hope. But um, yeah, like I, I just used my, my little orange head for, for most of the tracking um, and then, or for the live tracking. And then our bass player, that orange, um, oh, what are they called? What are the orange bass heads called? The little terror, the, the terrors. No, it was the big no. one. Okay. It's it's the one that's in the middle there. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I not we can't see it, but yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, that's what our bass player ended up using, and those things are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the nice thing is that I think we got four different bass tracks. So right. I think it was Di Sansamp, 
bass amp. Oh, no, sorry, just three. Okay. Um, but yeah, like the bass tone that we got out of those things was absolutely huge. And those those oranges, when once they get distorted, like they break up beautifully. Yeah. And it's just like this natural, like tuby, raw, distorted sound. Um, that plus the sans amp. Like it just, yeah. oh, the, the bass tone was killer. Oh, it was, it was like, even before, like it was, it was even touched. It was like absolutely incredible. Nice. Um, yeah. Then Riley, he's a, he's got this awesome, like 1984, uh, JCM 800. Okay. Um, I, actually he also brought a little Soldano as well. And that thing was great too. Sweet. Like just, yeah. Little heads, man. You gotta, they're, they're the new thing. Anywho. Um, <laughs> It's not a new thing. Well, I like the well, I like the little <laughs> head because it makes me feel huge. So it's just like a regular yeah. head, and I'm yeah. just like, no, man, this is this is totally just a normal head. I'm just a big guy. Uh, anyway, nice. yeah. So uh, Phil banged out 15 songs in one day on drums. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was crazy. I think it was. I think it was nine solid hours of Phil drumming. That's really impressive. Yeah, it was. I don't see a lot of guys make it past four or five hours before they're. Phil is, is a tank. Like to warm up, Phil will play like three hours. Like he's he's the hardest nice. working drummer I've ever met in my entire life. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's great. Like he's he's an absolute workhorse, and um, yeah, I think we did drums, drums all. Oh, no, sorry, no, we did 10 songs one day and then five songs the next day. Okay. And then we did, we finished drums and bass all within two days. Nice. Yeah, just with like overdubs and all that. The nice thing was is that Phil didn't really have any like major things to fill in. Like he he was super solid the whole time. I can't even remember if he even did any overdubs because he was just that consistent. Sweet. Yeah, that's like, awesome. He was great. And then bass, there was a couple things to kind of staple over top. And uh, yeah, going into going into the weekend. So we started Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, going in the weekend, we had the Friday off. We just had to do guitars. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't use any of the any of the tracks um, that we recorded as a live setting. Hmm. Um, tone wasn't really the greatest. Didn't really focus too hard on the tone. And then um, yeah, going into Saturday, Sunday, we did. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we did all the guitars. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I thought I was a little bit better than that. Turns out, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> it was actually the the cool thing with the guitars, though, is actually um, I think we used two heads. Yeah, I, I used two heads. I had a uh, what did I have. There was a Saldano, and then I also used a. It might have been. My uh, my little orange, oh, yeah, because yeah. the nice thing about that is, I don't find it has as much gain as some of the other oranges. Okay, it has a little bit more, a little bit more body. Like I noticed with some of the oranges that they lose a lot of tone the more that you drive them, and not in they get like they break up really nicely, but not in a very not in a way that I really like. Sure, um, but this one it almost kind of has more of like a marshly tone to it. Oh yeah. So I got great guitar tone, like pretty much instantly. Um, Riley's, I think we used his 800 because that thing is like the best sounding amp probably in Edmonton. <laughs> it's it's perfect if you ask me. And then, um, yeah, he just had like this little little Saldano that, that he used and 
yeah, just he did a day of guitars, I did a day of guitars, and then we both did some some leads on uh, on Monday, and then uh, yeah, he did vocals, and then by Tuesday we were done. Uh, we were done all the backing vocals as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So and when yeah, so then Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we did mixing, and then uh, Thursday morning we left. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that. <clears throat> Um, okay. I want to dive into the gear for a few minutes. Go crazy. Do you, do you remember, do you remember much of what was used gear wise? Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm going to try to remember. Okay. Do you want me to do you want me to narrow down the focus a little bit? I uh, yeah, Vancouver. I I hit Vancouver pretty hard. So there's a lot of things about Vancouver <laughs> you don't I don't remember. Exactly remember. Mm-hmm. I know. Let's start with the drums. Let's start with the drums. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally good with that. So real surprise, it was a 57 on top, and then on, on the this, on the snare. Yeah, sorry, yeah. on the snare, and then on the bottom it was. I want to say an eighty-one. Oh yeah, it, uh, the eighty-one. What the eighty-one? The sure eighty-one, right? Yeah, like it's like a pencil condenser kind of. But it's a side address. Yes, I think yeah. it was an eighty-one on the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wait, the SM eighty-one. Yeah. No, 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 never mind. Maybe it, yeah, I, it was a yeah. No, that's it's it's uh it was like one of the one of the pencil ones, um, and then four twenty ones in the tom. Classics. Oh, yeah, go figure. <laughs> I'm not sure if they were the. Uh, I didn't get the chance to ask if they were the uh, the older ones or the newer ones before they started to. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, you you you, uh, you didn't. You and I didn't even have that conversation until you you'd gotten back. But older versus newer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to start asking people what year their microphones from from now on until <laughs> until I die. Yeah. Uh, 2002 is the cutoff. 2002, right? Yeah, for, okay. for, for the 421s. Freaking Germans. Um, <laughs> And then uh, the uh, 32s for overheads. Really? Yeah. They use the KSM 32s for overheads? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I feel, the, I feel vindicated. Well, because uh, I mean, I originally, originally what we were going to do is uh, we weren't going to like XY them. Okay. We were going to have kind of a, a left side and a right side mm-hmm. with the, oh, what are the white mics that we have? The, the PVM M480s. Yeah. I, th- I think it might have, yeah, like that. They it's wouldn't like, have those guys, would they? Because they're like those PVs are are legitimately a cheap mic. They're like a hundred dollar. They're very mic. similar. Like I'm, I, I, yeah, I can't believe you're making me think. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, you, you know what good. I'll do. You know, I'll, I can bring up their equipment list. There you go. Uh, uh, what was the name? Rain City. Rain City. No, jeez. Rain City. Um, recorders. Vancouver. Oh, da da. Staff race news. Um, this. Uh, I'm the, the more I stare. The more I stare at the picture of this tracking room. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's beautiful. And, and the and, natural reverb in it is absolutely killer. Yeah. Well, that's and that's that's something. I'll, if if we have time, that's something I want to dive into mm-hmm. later in the in the show is, is the whole reverb thing. Okay. Um, pressers, limiters, reverbs, microphones. Okay. 
If you can make um, that picture bigger, I could probably point them out to you. Maybe. We'll see. Open image and new tab. Uh, ah. It's a tiny little thing. Let's see if we can... Yeah, that's not going to help. Okay. Uh, I'm not seeing them. Yeah, that's okay. We'll look at the list here. The um, AKG uh, 451s is a likely option. Um, mm-hmm. down, down. Out of this list, yeah, out, out of this list, that's all that that's all that jumps out at me as uh well that could also be an old list too i, I guess very true yeah because yeah. um, they've actually they've downsized their uh their rack here quite a bit oh no kidding mm-hmm. i'd be interested to find out um why they would do that um yeah so it, it's probably it's probably those if they were pencil mics it's probably those AKG um mm-hmm. 451s because they're a, they're a classic they're they're more silver um, but they're a classic, uh, classic pencil condenser. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It very well, very well could be. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we ended up going, uh, we ended up going X, Y for the, uh, for the overheads at the, at the end of the day. Cool. And, um, it's a, it, it's super reliable. Well, and that's just it. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Um, do you remember what they used on kick drum? Didn't notice. I think I saw a D6 going inside. Okay. And then on the outside, there was a sub mic. Oh, yeah. And then I don't recall the other one. It's all good. Actually, you know what? Do you have pictures? <laughs> uh, I might. Cool. Because I, was, I think I might have even said, you know what? I'm going to steal this for personal gain. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have, um, yeah. This uh, this look. They have. They got a lot of cool mics. They got a Lawson. Um, so it looks like a D6 Dolphins. on the outside. Okay. Uh, Plus the the uh, it looks like theirs is a like an old Yamaha speaker. Yeah, um, that's exactly what it what it was actually. Uh, Sweet. Hang on here. See if I got. Um, oh, they got a Bear M eighty eight. Those things are supposed to be cool. So many things I want to play with. Mm-hmm. Where are we here? Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, it wasn't the 32s on the overheads. It was those uh, those um, Pencil. pencils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a super they're a super classic um, overhead mic. Because the 32s, I think, were used as uh, space mics, like on the oh, ride right. and then on the hi hat. 32s on the ride and the hi hat. I'm pretty sure. I'm cool. gonna see if I got a picture. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's wicked. Yeah. And I love the setup they have for that um, for that uh, sub mic, sub kick mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wicked. Um, it makes else? me want to build one. Yeah, it was not that I ever cool. will, but um, need more space for that kind of thing. And I can't remember what was done. Yeah, it was those pencils. Yeah, doing the doing the overheads. 
Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No one can see what we're looking at, but we can just continue <laughs> to say stuff like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Sweet. <laughs> it's all good. Um, and then, uh, do I have Mike below? Below is the snare drummer. Oh, that's what it was below. It was one of these, um, oh, what the hell are they called? Where is it? It's super hard to see. I can point it out, though. Oh, yeah. That's... um. That's a, uh, a 414, mm-hmm. an AKG 414. That's a super odd choice. I would never have thought of that. Huh. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's all good. It was, uh, yeah, it turned out to be, in fact, even better than quite good. Nice. Yeah, and then D6 on the out, and then going yeah. in, I can't see what that is. What on the inside is? Yeah, well, you can kind of see what it is. Oh. Uh, I wonder if that's a beta 52... Maybe. Um, that's not a... No. It's probably like a Beta 52 or something. Cool. Um, but yeah, it was quite the setup. Yeah, that might, that might be a Beta 52. They got okay. one on the, on, the, on the picture here. Right. Cool. Yeah, it was a, I, I thought it was a super interesting setup for, uh, for kick. Yeah. Yeah, having, having the... Uh, like the sub, and then the D six was like right in the middle of the of the resonating head. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. like dead smack in the middle, and then that sub was off to the side. But yeah, it was that that kit. I mean, you could probably record it with a potato, and it would sound <laughs> good. Like that kit was beautiful, man. Okay, um, look up Sylvia Massey, mm. and she actually uses potatoes in her recording chains. Well, of course she does, because she's super weird like that. No, that's a normal thing. What are you talking about? Well, she's the more I used to I used to hold her in pretty high regards, mm. and not that I don't. Uh, I'm just less and less interested in her because she's more and more weird. The more I find out about her, yeah, and and not weird in the way, um, like make you uncomfortable passing them in the street, yeah, right. But weird in the like her brain seeks out such weird and different things just because she can. And, yeah, and, and, and I'm, and I'm less and less interested in that the more I read about her. You know, it's well, like, like she uses, like, I shit you not. She will run, she will run a guitar mic through a potato on the way in. Yeah, I can't really get on board with that. <laughs> That's pretty. <laughs> well, and, and and you know what? She's she makes great records. So yeah. You can't you can't you can't well, argue with it, right? I, yeah, I suppose at the end of the day, whatever sounds good sounds good. But yeah, huh? Anyway. Well, good for her, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, let's move on to uh, onto um, onto bass. So you talked about the orange head yeah. that, that uh, Phil. No, Phil's a drummer. Yeah, Riley's, Addison. What was his name? Addison. Addison. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, what did he have? What else is going on with the bass? Uh, well, he, in the recent months, just bought a brand new uh, Fender P bass. And, okay. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. Like that bass is, well, it's a Fender. It's a P bass. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, that was kind of the one thing I don't think any of us really had a super laid out idea of what we're going to use for like header everything. 
for base? Yeah, because yeah. like I bought I brought my head, Riley brought his head, and Addison just brought his base. Um, yeah, I just don't really think that we had a very good idea. Yeah. I mean, going into it, we kind of knew like, okay, yeah. well, the bass is obviously going to sound good, um, but what are we going to use? So um, we went. I, I can't remember who suggested the orange. It might have been myself because I just I've had I've heard an orange bass before. Not I'm mm. not sure if I've heard one in a recording setting, but live and just like the way that it like broke up and like it had like this natural, really tubey distortion to it. I absolutely loved it. So right, we gave that a try. Um, it went through, so it went DI through a Sans amp, through okay. a Sans amp rack, oh, yeah, through yeah. a, uh, through a the real orange. Sans amp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. A real Sans amp. And then, yeah, the bass cab was, uh, I think it was an Ampeg 8, no, no, sorry, 610 Ampeg. Okay. They have it in this isolation. That's cool. Joey's yeah. here. Joey, meet Cody. Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> Sorry, we started without you. Uh, that's fine. I figured you would. We um, we started talking, and I realized that I need to record all this. I, I figured you would. <laughs> <laughs> so this is. I'm gonna catch Joey up for a sec, and yeah. Then we'll get back Go to crazy. the crazy. Um, so Cody just got back from Vancouver with his band, the Nielsens, mm-hmm. and this is where they recorded. It's a nice studio. Yeah, um, River City Recorders. No, Rain, Rain City. City Recorders. Yeah. Okay. Isn't uh, Edmonton River City? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. That's mm. one of the... And then there's River City Cycle. There's River City Records. Um, there's... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so we're looking at... Uh, we're kind of keeping this here, and we're talking through the signal path. We just moved on to bass. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to go work through all his memory of what isn't been blinded by alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so DI, Sansamp, Ampeg, um, four by, uh, Ampeg, six by 10, six by eight? I think it was 10. Six by 10? Yeah. I think it was 10. Um. Yeah, and the, the cool thing was is that the the amp they built like an ISO booth for it. Oh yeah, so it could be it was absolutely blaring, and you could be standing outside of it, and it would just sound like this low little rumble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. Yeah, very uh, cool. Bass, yeah, bass was probably I thought sounded the best out okay. of guitar, and uh, well, I I still think the drums beat everything immensely, but when it comes to strings, bass I thought sounded the best out of everything. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then the mic that was on the bass cab. Don't rightly remember. Uh, it, if if I saw a picture of it, I definitely would. It probably, it probably. Um, I don't. I don't think it ever leaves the ISO booth. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Re twenty maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It, it classic low end mm. classic voiceover mic. We yeah, two, picked we up two of them here and hardly ever used them. Oh, well, that's a damn shame. I know. It's uh I'm have to revisit that. Yeah, it sounded sounded awesome. Sweet. Um so did did they record a mic and a DI or um do you remember how many how many tracks there were for the Yeah, it was three. It, it was, was three? yeah, it was just like a dry DI track. Okay. The, uh, going through the Sans amp and then uh then the uh, cab or the head in the cab, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then guitars. Do you remember what was going on with guitars? Yeah, pretty standard setup. Um, two heads, 
two heads, two cabs, mm. uh, 57, I want to say 421 on one cab, or those uh, four smaller mics in the middle, which ones are those? Um, these guys? Are those the 414s? Those are the 414s, yeah. Actually might have been 57 414s. Oh, weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, weird. Um, unexpected. Yeah. Uh, and then I think 420, I think the 421, and then I'm trying to remember what the other, oh, you know what it was? I think it was a 7B on the other, on the other, uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was, yeah. When I first saw it, I was kind of like, oh, I think I might've even said, oh, that's odd, yeah. but, um, <laughs> Guitar sounded great. Like I, uh, yeah, I, I, I heard the mixes you showed me, and they sounded fantastic. Yeah, like the guitars, they had a, just the right amount of high end, and the mid range is uh, is pretty phenomenal on them. I was right. Yeah, I was pretty pretty blown away with how good they sound. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then, do you remember what they used on the vocals? Eighty seven. Oh. Just an eighty-seven for everybody, yeah. Uh, so eighty-seven. Well, I think I think the guitars got a little bit of extra juiciness out of them from because all four mics were going through a thirty-one twenty-four rack. Oh yeah, yeah. So they sounded like super juicy. Um, and then yeah, eighty-seven. I don't remember what they ran it through. At that point, I was lucky to be alive but <laughs> yeah it was just an 87 for everybody group vocals backup vocals yeah. sweet yeah it was great cool. uh, do you remember any of the um any of the control room gear that, that was being used the 3124 for the uh for the guitars yeah um anything else any, any anything else that you remember oh man killing me dude um <laughs> Top of my head, no. Okay. But the only reason why is because that the board that they have in there, yeah, it was like it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. So I was pretty in love with that board. So they have a Joey, v- they have a VR legend. Mm. Eve. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have tons of uh, I don't remember tons of of what they were using for the uh, for the out gear. Um, yeah, I guess my note taking suffered, but that board, <laughs> no, everything um, everything did end up going. Actually, guitars might have just went right through the board, or no, sorry, not guitars. Uh, bass might have just went right through the board. That's fair. Yeah, I think they had. Um, I can see most of most everything going through that board and sounding great. Yeah, like I I know I'm pretty sure that they had a uh, like they they had a compressor um, tracking for the bass. Okay, but I also can't really recall. Um, But yeah, that board by itself like sounded so good it was crazy. Nice. Mm -hmm. Is yeah, it actually. That that board actually kind of blew me away. How good it sounded. I'm I'm not surprised because mm-hmm. it is well, it think, is a legitimate. I think legend. that one's from the '80s too. I think it's an older one. Really? Because mm-hmm. I was I hmm. was kind of surprised when they said what year it was too. So I remember oh. looking at it before and thinking that might be kind of the 
2000s range or whenever mm. they stopped. When did they stop making the VR? I don't even know if they I, still make them. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think it was like 19, 1980 or something like that. When they first started to get the, um, the digital um, uh, meters and all that. So probably would have been probably would have been later than that. Probably like the end of the eighties. It could be, yeah. Because SS, SSL came SSL came around end of the seventies, and they kind of revolutionized that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it took a. I remember it taking. I don't remember because I wasn't barely alive then. Um, taking a decade for them for everyone else to kind of catch up to where SSL was. Mm-hmm. In that regards. Right, because the SSL came out with automation really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out with um, uh, different styles of metering, um, rather than just a VU. I think, anyway, my people should correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, super sexy. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Um. Cool. And then you guys mixed 15 songs in two and a half days. Uh, I think we did nine songs the first day, and then we got the other six songs, I think, on the Saturday. So, so I want to, I wanna, and, and, and I don't expect you to, to remember the specifics because that sounds like so much going through really quick, but how did that process work? Because um, it, cause it, like, I have trouble doing. I have trouble doing uh, a song mix in less than two and a half hours mm-hmm. for one song, mm-hmm. and I'm usually not happy with it until I'm past the four or five hour mark. Um, pretty much all the editing was the, was done before mixing that right. I know of. Yeah. The nice thing is that Jesse was super quick, and it, it was almost he almost edited it on the fly. Pretty much, we'd like mm-hmm. do a take. He wouldn't say anything for 30 seconds. Let me do another take. And yeah, a lot of it wasn't necessarily, you know, this exact bass hit, but it was more so sections. Yeah. So whatever section kind of felt, you know, had the best feel in the pocket and whatnot, um, that's pretty much what stayed. And having a drummer and a bass player as solid as Phil and Addison made all the world a difference when we were playing uh, when we were tracking guitars and all that, because it was like everything was like already perfectly yeah. on. It felt like so. Sweet. Um, I don't think the editing process really was too extravagant. Like, of course, there's mm-hmm. going to be like little things here and there. Yeah. But granted, that's going to be that's going to be with everybody. But um, yeah, so I th- that saved us a ton of time. Yeah, absolutely, a ton of time. And then yeah, for mixing, I uh, it was kind of start with start with drums spent a lot of time on on drums uh, i think i think he might have went vocals drums drums bass vocals guitar i think okay. that's the order that he went in now in terms of plugins i uh and and i didn't even want to go down that yeah down, down that road because that's i mean that everybody's so different mm-hmm. right and but the what i what i suspect happened and and what i um let me know if, if I'm right or not is to get through 15 songs in a couple days, mm-hmm. probably doing um, somewhat of an analog mix or like you did drums in a day and a half. Yeah. And so you can apply the exact same mix 
from one song to the next for the drums. Yeah, right? and I did actually ask him about that too because I was like, we don't really have a lot of varying sounds in between mm-hmm. songs. Um, and so yeah, I, I've even just asked like for for like drums. Like for the, for the most part, a lot of it was just I think like kind of copying pasting and then just doing little adjustments accordingly. Right, and that's that's kind of what I that's kind of what I would suspect is mm-hmm. is set up a mix, and then every subsequent song runs through that mix mm-hmm. with the appropriate little adjustments, and then on to the next song. And so your first mix takes two or three hours, but then every other song is like. 45 to an hour right and that yeah and that was pretty much what it was like the first song i think he spent a good while on it and um probably a good four four hours four and a half hours mm-hmm. and um yeah and he's just like hey you guys want to come listen to this and be like listen to it and then it seemed like about every hour he's like oh got another one done and oh got another one done so Sweet. Mm-hmm. cool yeah that, that's um it's almost the only way I can think of making that happen, mm-hmm. right? That fast. Right. Um, it's one of those things. Uh, the couple times that I've that I've been able to do uh, a live band where they're doing a handful of handful of songs. That's the exact thing that I do. Is yeah. Is establish a mix for the first song, and then every record I've worked on, the further I got in the project, it got easier. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I've without I've, even doing the the copy paste shortcuts that for that. <laughs> yeah. It's just right. In my experience, it's you get used to what everything needs, and just you know. Yeah. So right, there could be a little bit of that going on too. Hmm. Um. And then eight days in, you're done. Yeah. Well, we had to get back. Um, right, because you guys had a show on the Saturday, yeah, and I, right. I didn't want to leave on the Friday. Just plan ahead, <laughs> yeah. you know. If, if something, whatever, whatever can go wrong, will go wrong, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we drove all the way from Vancouver back to Edmonton in one day, yeah, which was a long day and a bonding experience, or whatever people say in these situations. But that was the longest day um, that we actually had. Right. Because I think that took us like 12 hours to get back. Cool. Yeah. So, not fun. (laughs) It is what it is. I don't, I'm not a huge traveler. I like destinations. I don't like, I don't like the the, journey. The journey. The whole life is a journey (laughs) thing is bullshit. (laughs) I've never been a fan of that. (laughs) Just get me where I want to go. But no, it was, uh, it was a great time though. And dudes in my band are like my closest friends. So, right. Yeah. Awesome. That was sweet. Cool. So now what do you, um, um, what do the Nielsen's plan on doing with this record? Well, that's kind of the thing. Like we're not, I don't think we're totally sure. Like we, we feel like we've invested not only our money in this album, uh, but also our time. Right. And it's to the point where we don't want to really, uh, how do you say this? We don't really want to release it incorrectly. Okay. So we want to make sure that everything kind of falls into place and we have a game plan for when we release it. So right. the nice thing is that we have 15 songs and there's a couple that leaves us with a couple of options. You know, if we decide that we want to do like an EP or just have like a seven inch come out before we want to do the full release. So we've been talking a little bit about that and, and what we, what we think the best idea is. Um, for now, I think our main focus is, uh, just keep keep playing 
keep playing shows and and yeah. Sweet. Um, how how active is how active are you guys um, playing shows? That were like once every once every three months, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that it? Well, if in Edmonton at least, okay. like once every three four months, we'll play. Um, we just played the beginning of the month, and I'm not really sure. I think our next show might be in September. Do you guys not um, play outside of Edmonton? We do. Um, it's just four four conflicting schedules is always pretty tough to, right. to make happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, for myself, since what month is this? This is June. Uh, yeah, since uh, <laughs> halfway through the year. Yeah, I think I think since like December, I've been. It's almost like every other week, I've felt like I've had a show since the middle of May. So it, for me, right. it's nice to kind of take a break from from all all that that's a lot of traveling and a lot of right yeah cool um so that's the nielsen's Mm -hmm. uh it sounds like you guys are ready for that next step especially the sound of this record is fantastic yeah it's Um, uh it's definitely a big boy record yeah yeah it's i it's the best way to describe it is that how it's how i want us to sound in my head yeah, it's nice to finally hear it. So sweet. Yeah. Um, w- let's uh, let's shift gears into the other band. Sure. Oh, you know what? No. Yeah. Do, do you want to talk about the other band too? We can talk about whatever you want, man. <laughs> but I want to talk about the things you want to talk about too. Oh, you want to talk about the things I want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to throw in another pot of coffee if that's the case. <laughs> well, the podcast is gonna the podcast is gonna cut us off eventually, anyway. We've been talking for that long. Yeah, man. In a row? Yeah. Holy Lord. We're at, uh, what are we at? We're at um, just over 49 minutes now. Really? Almost, yeah. Holy yeah, if Lord. you t- take out the intro, which is a minute and a half, and then... And, uh, oh, well, you take out the intro, I guess we've barely been talking. Barely been yeah. talking at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to I wanted to take this in, an, in a... <sighs> Oh, there's so many things I want to talk. I wanted to talk about today. I have to have to make a list after the show because we're not going to cover them all. Um, so you've um, you spent some time here at at, at my studio, yeah, um, helping out with some sessions. I have, and and I know the the two studios are are, are very different. Like we're right. a very we're a very small studio. Um, they are much bigger and located in, excuse me, in a big music city, Vancouver, where there's yeah. lots, lots of music. And it's not very <laughs> impressive being a musician in Vancouver because right. everybody is a musician in Vancouver. And in Edmonton here, it's, mm. it's the, the scene is very, 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 very small in comparison. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we don't want to draw those kind of comparisons because that's not, those aren't fair comparisons mm-hmm. that make me feel bad. They make me feel smaller than, no, it, it which doesn't. is not your fault. <laughs> but yeah. So, so, um, I wanted to, especially because I don't get to work in, in other studios a lot. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have you contrast some of the things that are, that are, um, different about the two studios. Okay. Um, and off the top of your head, what jumps what jumps out at you? How well they have? I think three rooms, right? And I think they have five engineers. 
So there's there's three different studios. Three, yeah, three different. Okay. Yeah, um, gotcha. So we were in uh, Studio A, which yeah. is the one that we uh, we've been discussing. Right. Um, the other two studios, I unfortunately didn't get an opportunity to see. That's fair. But they were busy all the time. Right. So I mean, again, I think that's a I think that's a that's another one of those like. Vancouver supports that mm-hmm. kind of thing because of the population, because of the music scene there. Yeah, exactly. And I know there's, there are only a small handful of studios in Edmonton here that have even a second room, Yeah, let alone a third room. Right. Um, Beta, Beta Sound downtown mm-hmm. had four rooms going at one point. Yeah. Um, but only two of them were nice. And okay. the other two were just kind of like, well, here's something where we can accommodate the people who have no money right. <laughs> type of rooms. Yeah, I'd say the busyness for sure. Like there was always kind of people, not necessarily in Studio A, mm-hmm. but there was kind of like a patio area and like every day there was like somebody new. Cool. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is uh, something that I can say, but at one point, I think the lead singer of 5440 was there. Oh really? Yeah, that's I don't know cool. if if they're doing anything new or if I can say that. Um, oh man, that's all good. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, you, you're not even hundred percent certain. No, but I, I'm not. But uh, we, um, yeah, we were just like leaving, like go grab a go grab a coffee, and this guy just like said hey to us, and we're like hey, how's it going? And he was like super nice. And then we're like walking down the street, and then my friend Riley, I'm pretty, she's like, I'm pretty sure that was the dude from Fifty Four Forty. I'm like. Oh, that's okay. awesome. Yeah. Um, so they get a lot of, they get a lot of big, big mm-hmm. people through there. Um, actually before we were there, I think the month before, um, one of the guys there did Comeback Kid. Okay. Uh, which is uh, a punk band. I th- they're, they're phenomenal. I yeah. think they're actually doing like pretty good for themselves these cool. days didn't too. didn't realize that they were still a band. Yeah. I guess they are still a band. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're actually heading over to go tour Europe right now too. Nice. Yeah. Um, so they they just did Comeback Kid, uh, Locals, Fire Next Time, uh, Stomp Records. Mm. They've they've been touring kind of everywhere. Right. They they were just there. Actually, I think they got there the day after we left. Okay. Um. So yeah, I just I just I would say, in contrast, it's more so bands that I know of. But I also think that these two studios kind of have different um, clientele. If that. If That's that makes fair. any sort of sort of sense, because Jesse, I mean, he's been playing in punk bands kind of his his whole life growing up and all that, and right. you know, he was in like DBS, and then like another guy there, Stu, he was in Daggermouth, you know, oh, another yeah. great Vancouver punk band. Now he's in uh, Youth Youth Decay. It's Stu, I think Stu's singing in now. I've only met him like once, and I'm really bad with names, as you can tell. But <laughs> okay. yeah, so I think that their clientele is a little bit more kind of in the alternative punk rock kind of scene. Um, they do like a lot of metal bands there. Actually, when we were mm. there, funny story, the first night that we were there, there was a metal band doing a video shoot. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah. So I, I think just different clientele, I think would be the main contrast between the two. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, different, uh, it's hard to draw comparisons, mm-hmm. um, or, or contrast because the the physical studios and the the scenes are so very different. Right. Um, did you 
um, was there a, was there a really, was there a really big difference in, in workflow? Um, cause you were with us for that three day, three day session we did with, uh, choice, not chance. Um, um, I, in a, in a way, I guess, I think we had a goal to do 15 songs and we kind of grinded every day. Right. Just because we were like, okay, well, we got 15 songs that we think are good enough to be on an album. Well, actually, they're all great songs, but um, I can say that. I didn't write them. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we kind of were like, this is what we this is what we need to do. So I think we were all kind of like not only pushing ourselves, but like pushing each other. And, and Jesse is an absolute workhorse and he was, he moved the session along really smoothly. Um, yeah, I just, I think it was, I think between there and here, it's like really similar. Like everyone's like working hard. Well, especially that three day session, you know, cause those guys, they were able to squeeze in song four, but there wasn't really, tons and tons of times where they were like, okay, well maybe we should take a break for, you know, three hours. Like I don't even, I don't even (laughs) think they really necessarily took a break, which is great. Yeah. Well, the the only break I can remember from that three day session was the, the 45 minute lunch they took on the Saturday. Oh yeah. The don't air run. The don't air run. Yeah. yeah. yeah, That was a good time. Um, (laughs) yeah, that was really the only break that they took, which is, which is awesome because when you work, when you're in a band and you're working with bands that actually want to like record and put all the effort into it, it shows on the recordings. Right. Like the recording sounded great. Our recording sounds awesome. Like, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that works for me. That works for me. Good. So last few minutes of time. Um, what do I want to? What do I? Where do I want to take this? Where do I want to take this? Let's talk about the reverb. Sure. You you mentioned how when you walked into that into that live room mm-hmm. in Studio A, um, the 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 sound of the room, the reverb in the room was mm-hmm. fantastic. It was. Um, what made it? What made it really nice? It. Uh, I'm not sure what they what sort of treatment that they had in the room to kind of to fight that natural reverb or I guess I shouldn't say fight but enhance it mm-hmm. it just had we uh, just because we had that show on the Saturday we we practiced a few nights and um, you'd like yeah you'd just like strum a chord it, all, it, it didn't really have like a spring it was kind of like a natural sustain just, yeah like it was uh, oh a little moth oh good yeah it just had like this natural sustain to everything and it just like the symbols the symbols in the room carried so well. Like the, the snare was just absolutely perfect. Like it was, right. yeah, it okay. was, it's just a great sounding room. Um, I did a live recording on um, Friday mm. and Joe, you and I are going to dive into this next week more, I think. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever. All right. <laughs> I'm here. I got my coffee. Um, and, and I, and I, would have loved to hear like some samples of, of, of raw tracks from the, from your session, just to contrast with this session. Oh yeah. I did just cause it was in a, I don't know, it was in a, a larger room mm-hmm. that had a really nice, there you go. You know what? We don't even have time. Um, I guess we'll get to, we really will get to that next week. 
Cody, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, I thanks for having it. me. Um, yeah. Band the Nielsen's, band Unban Jace. Uh, yeah, Unban Jace, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll put the contact info on the show notes, and we'll see you guys all next time. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.